Welcome to the Design Insights Podcast, a show about uncovering what drives and inspires designers in all creative fields. Your host is Sophia Clark, founder and creative director of Galatea, on a mission to redefine socially conscious luxury. Hello and welcome to Design Insights. Today we are here with Abigail. Hi. Hi, how are you? Doing well, how are you? Good. Well, we are so excited to have you here with us today, and we'd love to get to know you better. So can you please tell us about your background, where you're from, what you do? Sure. My name is Abigail Marcelo Horace. I am the owner of Casa Marcelo. I offer interior design services. It's an interior design firm, space planning, furniture sourcing, mood boards, the whole shebang. So yeah, I live in Connecticut. I grew up in New York City. I am an Afro-Latina. I am half Dominican and half Panamanian. And I just moved to Connecticut about a year and a half ago, started my business, and here I am. (laughs) So I'd love to get to deeper into why interior design. Why interior design? That's a long, it's a long story. But (laughs) basically, I've always been immersed in the arts. I studied music growing up. I danced. I did fine arts. My parents put me in everything. I went to the Harlem School of the Arts when I was growing up in Harlem, New York. And we just did a lot of things. My father was into photography and just a full Saturday, full week of rehearsing and doing music. Now, when I was a teenager, I was, you know, not sure where I should go or what kind of field I should be in. And I started, I was watching Extreme Makeover Home Edition, actually, (laughs) and got inspired by, I didn't realize that interior design was an actual field that I can go into. And I used to change around my room all the time, redecorate all of that. And I just realized this is the path that I need to go in. Also, the philanthropic side of that show was really pulled at my heartstrings. I would cry every episode. So it was just really something that I wanted to give back and to my community. And also I I knew I had a knack for it. So I followed that. And so how would you describe your design style? My design style is definitely less is more. I'm a minimalist at heart. I love mid-century design. I like to mix in vintage with global accents and just have a very refined quality look to the space. I don't really like to be on trend with anything. I like kind of march to the beat of my own drum and I really cater to the client at the end of the day. It's really all about what the client wants and I don't want them to come home to a hotel. I want them to come home to a home. So yeah. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) And and you kind of jumped ahead because you just said you don't follow trends or you're not into that. But this question goes into that is, do you see a trend right now in interior design that you're really excited about that you wish would be more mainstream or that you can adapt? And are there any trends that you're totally over and wish would kind of disappear? Yeah. (laughs) So the trend that I love right now is the cane trend. I love cane. I think it's such a beautiful, you know, texture to anything and it fits in any type of space, any type of style. It's very versatile and it's just a, it's a classic mid-century kind of, you know, detail, 
but it can fit into any project. So I really love that trend. I like that it came back, that people are developing it in different ways and applying it in different ways. And I'm so excited about that. But in the trend I don't like or I can't, I need it to go away <laughs> is, you know, any distressed wood phrase on a wall. I can't do that anymore. You know, family or love or love lives here or Mr. and Mrs. I think it's low effort to put that on your wall. And I think artwork is better suited for spaces. <laughs> but doesn't that come with the difference between interior design and interior decorating? Like, doesn't yes. that, you see that more in decorated places and not so much mm -hmm. in design places, right? Yep. That's correct. And, you know, when you work with your client and you curate the types of art that they like and whatever it is, then you understand, you have a full picture. I feel like a lot of people put these phrases on their wall just to fill in the blank, but they don't have the full picture of the room. So they are not looking for art. They're just looking for a decorative piece. Yeah. So what inspires you? Like creatively, where do you get this inspiration? I am inspired by my travels. I'm inspired by details. I'm inspired by artwork. But mostly I would say my travels. I love sightseeing. I love to go to, you know, landmarks and things that I've studied about in textbooks. I like going there and seeing the intricate detail that is not appreciated these days. And I really draw from that and try, I don't try to replicate it, but I just become inspired by even color palettes. Going to a different country and experiencing a different color palette around you is, is inspiring. I remember going to Greece and seeing all of the blues and even like the pink sand beach and the turquoise it's such a beautiful palette. There's so much to say about uh, palette and nature and, you know, just the natural environment. Yeah, I love how you're able to pull things from the environment and apply it into your interiors. Like you said, color palette. And when you travel apart from color palette, how do you bring that inspiration into your home? Normally, I buy things. Okay. <laughs> I love shopping when I'm abroad. I like to take anything that's handmade. I'm all for it. So that's, and that's something with my clients that I like to do as well. Like if, have you traveled somewhere? What is it that you really like or what have you brought back? And I can literally design a whole room around one piece of, you know, one object or one piece of, of an artifact or something like that. It's just something that I draw on, but I also appreciate the global aesthetic and I appreciate the, the variety of artisans around the world. Well, that speaks completely to us at Galiatea because that's what we are yes. all about. So <laughs> we are totally on the same page. Is there one thing that you would just not do in your interior designs? If a client came to you and asked you this, you'd be like, I am not the designer for you. Yes. I'm, like I said, I'm more of a minimalist than a maximalist. I have been asked in the past when I used to work for firms to make a really traditional home with roll arm sofas and very, you know, a lot of antiques, but like Victorian era antique. And it's just not my, it's not my forte. I can't, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. So I would probably turn away a client if they came to me and told me that that was their style. And if they couldn't, if they couldn't be flexible about the interpretation of the style, 
then I would have to turn it down for sure. Is there one thing that you repeatedly see your customers ask for when they come to you? Yes, gallery walls. <laughs> Apparently I'm known for them. I have no idea. I, I've done a lot of gallery walls and I think because I work with a lot of families, they're always looking for a place to display their family photos and I often get asked where to put it, where in the house to display it, which I always recommend somewhere private between you and the family, not a public space. And they like the way that I organize my gallery walls. So that's the one thing that I, I'm usually asked for. It's also lately I've been getting a request for more Black-owned businesses and to support Latinx businesses mm -hmm. or things like that. So that's been a, a trend lately as well. I get a lot of clients that come to me also and they're like, I want to get the biggest bang for my buck, right? Mm -hmm. Like what is one thing that will completely transform my room, but I have a budget. So where do you normally recommend clients to do that? In terms of splurging on a specific piece or in a room or a piece or what detail or element do you think is worth investing in to get the biggest effect that you can get? Artwork. <laughs> artwork, artwork, artwork. Artwork can transform a space. Plants as well, but that's not as big of an investment as artwork. I always recommend my clients to use artwork instead of photos. It just changes the whole mood. Also window treatments very well made window treatments mm -hmm. can transform your space and it's something worthy people always try to they try to i guess kind of cheapen out on the window treatments and they try to get a less expensive option or do it a different way but if you invest in your window treatments they will be there and stay up and they will last for a very long time if you just invest in them. I absolutely agree. I, there was a post on Instagram I saw the other day and it talked about the difference between store-bought and tailored. And I love the idea of saying that they're tailored because it really mm -hmm. is like it fits perfectly. And how I like to compare it to is when you buy something store-bought, sure, it'll look fine, you know, but a lot of other people have it. Whereas if you buy a tailored piece that is made just for you, you know, it looks it's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. It does look, and, and we have like this phrase, like if the drapes just kiss the floor, like people like to, to drape them on the floor as well. There are people who like to do that style or just, I usually mm -hmm. just kiss the floor. Mm -hmm. There's so many terminology in, in the window treatment department that people normally don't know about and it, it's worth it, the investment <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yes, but it's worth going to a professional about that because if you also try to just do it yourself, it's a whole world in itself. It is, and it's hard to measure for. So it's better to, to subcontract that work. So you did mention that you're half Dominican and half from Panama, um, two places that I've loved and are absolutely beautiful. And so how has your background influenced or inspired you through your work? Do you feel like it's had an impact in your work? Definitely. I'm Caribbean, so I love, you know, bright colors. I'm a minimalist, right? But I like to have accent colors throughout and mm -hmm. I still lend a nod to the Caribbean part of me especially in plants, colors. 
and types of weaves for for different pillows or bedding or anything like that. I love everything that's handmade in Latin America. Yeah, I like all of those things. I think they, you know, grass cloth and, Mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of textures, those natural textures and fibers. I love inserting that into my space at any time. I love a jute rug. I love sisal. Just replicating that. It's such a simple form, but it gives you so much with the texture, which I could use in any minimalist space. It's very easy to care for. And then in terms of weaves and, you know, buying from Latin America and just supporting villages, supporting tribes in purchasing, you know, things that were handwoven, things that were handmade. I know they're made in love and I love to purchase and buy from Latin American uh, artisans. Well, we love to hear that. So (laughs) (laughs) we've talked previously to this and I would love to get your insight and your take on it. And I think this is a good platform to educate and to bring awareness. You've said often that you felt a very strong lack of representation in the interior design industry. Could you go more into that and share with our audience your experience? Sure. If this is a long story too, it could be, it could go on, it could be a cold conversation on its own. But I think I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, you know, I think it starts with the schooling. And so I went to interior design school and it was a hard process for me to get in. Even I I had to have a portfolio. I had a public school education from New York City. I didn't have any connections. And having to get into a school was work in itself. And I feel like that already sets the tone for who can get in and who cannot and who had access to art classes or, you know, mentoring or, you know, just tutoring in the fine arts and who didn't. So I think that already sets the tone for that. And then once you start in your career, for instance, I knew that I would have issues once I left school or not issues, but, you know, I knew I would have a hard time getting a job because of my skin color. I didn't see any representation in magazines, often felt alone in my quest to be an interior designer. When I was in school, I volunteered. I did a lot of extracurriculars. I studied abroad. And I also worked in in the field while I was in school, which a lot of my, you know, um, a lot of my classmates were working in restaurant industry or things like that to get money and I was like no 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 I need to like be in the field so that I can guarantee myself a job after mm-hmm. I graduate and then once I got into the field just always I've, I was always the token black girl and I was always you know the only one I was always trying to do or trying to go above and beyond for the job it just felt very lonely and it also felt like I had to prove myself a lot in, in the workforce. And so again, in the magazines and everything, I, I remember just going through them and like looking for, looking for it, looking for representation, looking for black designers, looking for Latina designers. And I wouldn't see it. And I would just be so frustrated because I'm like, we're out here. I know we're out here, but it's not being published. It's not being, you know, prioritized in the field. So 
that's been my experience. And thankfully, within the past, you know, few months, or I guess the past month and a half, it's been just night and day. Like it's, there's been a lot of uh, publication about black designers. There's been a lot of, and just, there's just been a light on us. And I, I'm very thankful for the movement and the direction that it's going. And I hope that it continues. And no longer are we token for any publication. I see articles with more than one black designer and it's just been very refreshing. And I think that this is a change in the tide for the industry, for sure. And for me, it's, it's strange that there is a lack of representation. It doesn't surprise me, but it, it's confusing because as an art form, right, interior design being a type of art in the arts, you would think that it'd be more inclusive. You would think that it would be a gateway for people to express themselves and to showcase, you know, from everywhere because it is a type of design and art and those industries tend to be more open. However, interior design is very restrictive in that sense. So Mm -hmm. what are things that we can continually do in the industry to, you know, awareness and create this building, this community, all inclusive community? Yeah, I think, you know, just just treating everyone as a human being and mm-hmm. and not not expecting anything from us or stereotyping us. I think that I was stereotyped a lot in the workforce and like how how I should do things. I speak two languages, so sometimes my grammar would be off and I'd be very like you shouldn't be doing like I speak one more language than you. So <laughs> So I have to, you know, it's it's just different. And I think that just giving us that platform to show our work and show our personalities, even I think a lot of people respond well to my personality more than to my work. But I have I need the opportunity to do so. I need that platform to be able to speak about my experiences and and don't be afraid to have the com- the hard conversations. And while you're in the workforce, like I said, don't demand so much of your, don't treat your employee like they have the opportunity, like they're getting an opportunity by being there. Look at it as, wow, I'm so honored to have this person here working for me. And the whole dynamic will change when you're treating, when you're dealing with your woman of color or Latinx or black designer in your business. And what could we do in terms of at the education level, right? Because in order to become a, a designer where it's always recommended to go to through an accredited program and so forth. So it really starts at the education level. Like how can we encourage more people to be interested in design to begin with? Is that even a concern or do you think it'll sort itself out? I I think that is a concern. And, you know, I wish I had mentorship. I think there needs to be some kind of uh, program developed with mentorship specifically targeted for people of color. And then also, I think that there should be more programs, access to programs, you know, nonprofit or whatever to prepare you to enter school, to have a portfolio to enter school, or maybe do away with the portfolio altogether you know, do, do away with all the stipulations when you have to enter school so that you have a more level playing field for everyone who's interested. 
because that was the thing for me I felt was a setback. I applied for FIT and I went in there, got, gave them my portfolio. And they actually, it was like my dream school. I really wanted to go to FIT. And they told me, you know, your portfolio is not strong enough. Why don't you take a summer class and then come back in the fall? And I was just like, I don't want to. <laughs> I want it like, I just want to get in here. And I didn't want to do extra work. And that's at the tone for the rest of my life. I always have to do the extra work to get to the same level as the other person sitting next to me. And so that's, I think that we should just do away with that whole policy or maybe ASID or, you know, IDS can have some kind of mentorship program before ahead of, ahead of school or while you're in school. I think that's the way to go with students and getting people more involved. Yeah, I think mentorship is, is essential in any industry, but especially interior design because sometimes you might not know what type of design you want to go to whether it's commercial or residential and having that one-on-one with a professional and it's also a very big networking industry right it's who you know the introduction so if you have someone that's already in the industry helping you connect it could it could always be an advantage makes all the difference it makes all the difference i wish i had the connections or the relationships before i started in the field it would have made a difference for sure. So I know that you have still a long career ahead of yourself, but what is a career highlight as of right now? I have two and one is completely probably shallow and the other one is, <laughs> the other one is, is a good one. Well, so too. I, I've traveled a lot for work and one of my travels, I went to a private island called Mystique in the Grenadine Islands. I was working on a project. It had a beautiful villas there, you know, the top of the top, the top 1% live there, have third homes there. A lot of politicians, Michael Kors had a house there, Tommy Hilfiger, Mick Jagger. It's a very private island. You have to charter a plane from Barbados to get there. And it's a very small plane. And just seeing the luxury on the high end of like how I could live, I don't, I, I had never been exposed to that prior and just understanding the level of luxury that's out there. Working on this huge villa with, you know, a beautiful open breezeway overlooking the mountains, overlooking the sea. It's, it was just a beautiful experience at a great hotel. And it's something that, you know, I still look at as like, when I become successful, I'll visit there and, and spend like nobody's business and, <laughs> and, and be okay. And so that's my shallow one. But my, um, the second one is, uh, you know, I did a, I designed, or uh, helped design for one of the firms that I was working at a hedge fund in the Flatiron District. Beautiful space we it was completely gutted when we got there and the Flatiron district for no for people who don't know this in new york city it's very french there's french doors everywhere everything's very symmetrical it almost feels like you're in paris some of the times when you're walking down the street so we had the top floor had beautiful skylights with uh, mullions and just gorgeous beyond um and the way that we changed it around and the transformation it was already beautiful to begin with but we just made it even more with the design and i was so very proud of that project because just the way it it turned out the homey feel we didn't make a typical office we had like a living room area and then like a dining area a library with library lamps typical Mm -hmm. custom library lamps and 
it was just a really fun space to design and we had a lot of creative freedom. So I was really happy to be a part of that project. That's exciting. So where do you see, knowing that those are your career highlights, where do you see Casa Marcelo in the future? Like, where do you want to take it? Abroad. <laughs> Mystique. <laughs> no, I, I, I would definitely love to, you know, take this business abroad. I would love to offer mentorship to anyone, anyone who's even listening, who's in the design field or feels alone. I want to offer mentorship to those individuals. But furthermore, for my business, I can just see us soaring to other countries and having like a kind of global firm to just design anywhere. I'm really excited about that and just understanding that I'm versatile. I'm a versatile person. And I'm also, I speak two languages. So it's, it's fun to have the idea that I can probably have a project in a Latin speaking country. And, you know, it could be a hotel or a residence, but I would love to embark on that journey. And I think it's going to happen. So that's where I see myself a couple of years. Yeah. I'll come visit you in Mystique. No worries. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I like asking this question. Do you think in Spanish or English? I, I think in English, but there are certain times it varies. There are certain times where I do think in Spanish and it, the environment counts. If I'm around my parents, I'm thinking in Spanish. If I'm around, if I'm in a Latin country, I'm definitely thinking in Spanish. And it just varies. Like some words I can't find in English. So I say it in my brain in Spanish and then like try to think about the <laughs> translation. So it just varies, but it's, it's fun to have two languages in your brain. No, I do too. That's why I ask because so many people ask me and I'm always like, it, it really depends on who I'm with, the circumstances, yeah, it does. you know, the topic of conversation because I work in English. So it's, it comes more natural yes. in English mm -hmm. or it just depends. So I love asking that to other people too <laughs> and seeing their reaction like, I'm not sure. <laughs> so because of COVID and everything that's been happening these past few months, have you seen any changes to your business? I've seen changes to my business in that people are a lot more accepting of a virtual experience over a physical experience. So, and then also designers have designers who've said, I'm never ever going to take a virtual project have been forced to mm -hmm. do virtual. And it's actually not that bad for them. It's less, less hustle, less, less traveling. And so I've seen that in my business and that's definitely something I'm going to continue afterwards, especially in the consultation realm, virtual consultations, you know, it's just the, it is the same result from a virtual consultation versus a physical one. And then you can, after your virtual consultation, if they actually take you on, because during consultation, you're not even guaranteed the project. So a lot of the times you're traveling and doing a lot of work for something that may not even go through. So I prefer the virtual consultation because it's less work on my end. Mm -hmm. And then once, if they do choose to work with me, I can go visit, of course, and do a physical site measure and be in the space. But I think I'm moving to virtual from now on <laughs> consultations. <laughs> yeah, you save so much time and it's more efficient that way. Apart from virtual consultations, is there anything that you've been doing now that you'll continue to do in the future? Other than the virtual consultations, I don't 
think so, but I do like presenting virtually as well because I it's just less paper. I'm not printing anything. It's on their screen so they can see it while I'm walking. I just share my screen and walk through the whole process. It's a little simpler for me in that way because that's already how I uh, function on a daily level, switching from screen to screen and like switching from product and going to links. And mm -hmm. it's just... It's so much better that way. You know, I had a meeting last night and I'm like, yeah, I was actually thinking about this and then just go to the website and go pop it up and they see everything on their screen. So it feels a little more effective in that way. So where do you see the state of the interior design industry going forwards? Well, like I said before, it is going through a period of inclusivity and I haven't seen that in over a decade of my experience. So I just think that it's a beautiful thing to see the, the inclusiveness and just, you know, going to any profile, any design blog and seeing a featured black designer or a person of color on the front page or, you know, it's, it's really a beautiful thing. I haven't seen that in, I haven't ever, I have never seen that. I've never seen that. And it's just something that I think a lot of us are taking advantage of and promoting ourselves and figuring out the channels to do that in. And I think that's the way that it's going. And I, I am looking forward to seeing, you know, publications, the large ones, El Decor, Architectural Digest, Lux Magazine, even all of those. I, I'm so interested to see how they interpret that for their own publications. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see the diversity and to learn about people I didn't know before and to expand my network of Black designers. Um, I went on a, it was about three years ago, I kind of started seeking out Black and Black designers and people of color in the design field because I just felt like there was very low representation. And I started creating this network that is expanding. And I, all of a sudden didn't feel alone and I felt like I could embark on my own entrepreneurial journey. So it gave me the confidence to go after this on my own. Yeah, I'm seeing mm -hmm. this shift also and it's so exciting to see people being excited about the industry again and, and really, mm -hmm. you know, including everyone. I'm seeing it more and more and because it was getting frustrating that the top 100 featured on AD every year, you would rarely see any representation <laughs> yep. from outside of the typical, you know, celebrity designers. Yes. What advice do you have for any young designers today or someone going into interior design? Thicken your skin. <laughs> this is a tough field. There's a lot of big personalities. There's a lot of perfectionism in this field. You have to be perfect at everything. There's a lot of pressure. What I say to people getting into this field is, you know, take every experience for what you can learn from it. And understand what you can learn from it and take that away from it and throw out all of the bad. What is it, even if it were, if, if it was a bad experience, you can still take away what not to do in your own business or in the future or whatever. Even if you make a mistake, take away, learn from that mistake and move forward. But don't get stuck and don't get discouraged by any experience that you have. Just keep moving forward and just be grateful and just take every 
job opportunity, any opportunity as a stepping stone to your greatness. There's a, there, it, it can be discouraging in this industry. You have to really have a thick skin and understand that these are the terms and you got to work around it. You make allies in your business, in your, when you're working for somebody, you know, and just keep it 100% professional and keep it moving. So that's my advice. And it's a great experience. I mean, it's a great, it's a great field to be in. I love interior design. I love it. I love how you can just transform a space and see your clients glow from the happiness. It's a rewarding industry. It is, but you have to have your thick skin and keep in it and just brush every negative thing off because it will come. So what support or resources have you turned to that you can suggest other people use as well? Interior design resources. Well, I think in terms of resources, like in running your own business, there has to be some kind of platform that you use to to automate things that could be easily done. I find that a lot of designers are doing things that could be automated and could be done by something else. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to use a platform that you haven't used before. Even like Calendly, figuring out your Instagram posts and automating that, using a, a platform for proposals or invoices and sourcing products. All of that can be done so much easier. I've worked for so many companies that don't have that kind of process and you're just spinning wheels and wasting time in just, it's redundant sometimes the, the amount of work that you do to get out a proposal. Just using those tools at your fingertips to really automate processes and spend less time doing the business side and being more creative, lending more time for being creative. Thank you. Well, we appreciate your time here with us and thank you for all your amazing insights. I just want to give you an opportunity to share with our audience how they can find you and discover your designs. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate this and I enjoyed being on here. You can reach me at www.casamarcelo.co, that's C-A-S-A-M-A-R-C-E-L-O dot C-O, not dot com. Or you can email me if you are interested in mentorship. I would love to mentor you, abby, A-B-I, at casamarcelo.co. And those are the ways that you can reach me. I'm also promoting virtual consultations. If you'd like to book a virtual consultation, you can go to my website and under services, you can book a virtual consultation under that category. Perfect. Well, thank you again for having us. And I will be sure to include all of the, the links in the show notes so people can easily find you. So thank you again. Thank you so much.